In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Donald Trump with a, a stain on our country. I am someone's daughter, too. That's what I'm doing. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Sup Podcast. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Lise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. We have a huge show for you today, so we're just going to jump right into our first topic, uh, which is tea from yesterday's census data. Very exciting drop, don't you think? It it ultimately is, but there is nothing that sounds less exciting than census data. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little sad. It's sad, right? It well, was yeah, an exciting. Good, yeah, it was like, an exciting drop, but it's it not was activating. Good <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like sad. Yeah. Let's go through it and discuss why we're sad. So this has been long awaited. Obviously, they only do this every decade, and it was pretty charged, and I think more in the public imagination uh, in the past year and a half because the Trump administration was trying to exclude undocumented immigrants, which you know maybe did was not ultimately successful, but I'm sure there's a case possible case to be made that it discouraged some participation. Let's go through the top headline. So the population of the United States is 331 million. That's the that's all the slowest. Of them are listening to this podcast, yes. <laughs> every last one. <laughs> Some of them aren't paying attention. But <laughs> no, just just let it play. You have no idea. If that were true, we would all be very, very, very wealthy. Very wealthy. Mm-hmm. wealthy. Want to make us very, very wealthy? Pass it along. <laughs> yeah, love that. And then maybe we can afford to have podcasts. kids. Yeah. yeah. So this yeah. is the slowest population growth since the decade between 1930 and 1940. 1930, famously the year after 1929. <laughs> uh, so that was the whole decade after the Great Depression. We've talked about this on the show before, and I just mentioned it, but lack of paid parental leave or overall support for parents in the U.S. obviously doesn't encourage child rearing, and demographers do believe this has played a role in birth rate declines, which the birth rate decline is is very heavy. It was quite a plummet. I think even more than people were expecting. I mean, it's really expensive to have a kid. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And, um, you know, not to say that it's like women's fault, but like <laughs> probably like in other generations, one income was enough to support a family. And there was a stay at home, you know, like stay at home parent, you know, a stay at home mother mostly. Right. So, I mean, thank God that, you know, women can get credit cards and all that stuff. But two, yeah, two incomes is not enough in most places. So, yeah. When you're looking, I mean, childcare can cost like 30 grand Mm -hmm. a year or more, or like significantly more than that. And yeah, you know, we used to subsidize that with free labor of women Women. in their home. Mm -hmm. But 
it we need to now subsidize it by providing childcare via I think also maybe people I think I think people also have more of a choice now to say I don't want to have children like I think before there was more of an idea of like oh I I must this is what you do and now it's kind of like it's kind of that's not part of the stereotype anymore I feel like you're part of the child child free gang Brian yeah, I mean, I'm it, I, a I'm gay, but like gay people can have kids too. <laughs> of course, but, <laughs> by choice, but, child, child free by choice. Yeah. yeah, I just like don't have the desire. So like, why would I like pretend that I do? <laughs> well, I mean, there's that, but then there's also like in control of your like there are more fertility options too, like or you know what I mean, like where it's like people can plan better, and yeah, like. Mm. What is it? if you're not in control of your fertility, you're not in control of your life. Like, that's what they, you know, the thing is. So, like, maybe if if a mother had a kid, like, or one, you know, a family had one, you know, usually they would have multiple or like, you know what I mean? Like, it's even mm-hmm. not even just like people having kids in general. It's like people having multiple kids. It's uh, yeah, like uh, I'm one of six and people are like, what the hell? You know, but like very now it's like one or two is a lot mm-hmm. you know for people so yeah, yeah that's true you think back about the baby boomer generation or whatever so many my mom's one of six so many of my friends parents are one of six from that generation yeah five i'm four like if if I, i'm one of four and now if someone had four children it'd be like what are you doing like yeah. <laughs> people well like obviously you can do everyone but people have that interpretation yeah my mom always says my mom is an only child and her parents were irish catholic so she's always just like they just didn't like each other i guess (laughs) (laughs) very rare to have an only child of irish catholics but you mentioned millie at the beginning like there is even in a new york times article it specifically said that women are deciding to are delaying parenthood and it's like i think at this point we should need we can be saying that both parties if they are opposite sex in a couple are making that choice. Like, and it also implies we still sort of seem to be presenting this as like, it's great that women feel free of like the burden of starting families and being in the home and they can pursue their ambitions. But that ignores the fact that like, it's not a choice for all women. Like some, a lot of households need two incomes. It's not like, great, I'm free. I can go fly. Well, no, you need, you need the income and that limits your, your time and availability for, for care duties. It is interesting how the decision to have children is put solely like on the women. Obviously it's their decision, but like, you know, like you said, it's usually a discussion like between two parties of like, like consenting adults of when they're going to have children. So like, yeah. if we're talking about like married like, people having children. It's like, it's like, no, they're like, they're, it's it's not just their decision. Men like had the decision too as well. I don't know. Right. Like women, all of us got together and decided yeah. that we were going to wait. And it was just a collective women decision. The men had nothing to do with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. They didn't ask. No, they had no investment whatsoever in any of it. Well, I yes. feel like it's also just practically speaking, just like there are more single parent household, like where women, you know, mm-hmm. single mothers and, you know, men you know, for the most part, aren't burdened with the day-to-day or like society doesn't push them to be burdened with the day-to-day duties of rearing children. And even if it is a marriage, you know, there's all these other problems of like domestic labor, you know, even if it's like a a marriage or whatever, there's like this lack of um, division in the household. So 
yeah i mean i um i think japan was having this trend before mm-hmm. the u.s and I, you know i watched a documentary and it was just examining like all the factors that contribute to the birth decline and you know uh, uh just different culture things but it's just kind of like yeah like it's kind of expected for women in japan you know, and it's changing, but like women in Japan to like quit their jobs as soon as they get married and like rear the whole household and the the parents too, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of that. And that's and not just, good for the men either. That's not like good for the men. Too much pressure for the men as well to provide for everybody. But then it's also just like, well, why the hell am I going to school for thirteen years? Yeah, <laughs> to like yeah. fucking wipe asses. I mean that. <laughs> That's so true. It's like, what's the point? Yeah, well, we'll talk a little bit more about paid uh, parental leave. And it's interesting because it's like I, the ball's in our court now, like the women's court. Like you have to give us a good reason to have yeah. children. I am sick of trying to convince the federal government that they need to provide us leave. It's like we've just here's your decade of low birth rates because you've made it nearly impossible to have kids. And I think in Japan, they have provided some incentives. Um, they provided that some are interesting. incentives, but, you know, compared to the U.S., like they're not as open about immigration. Like mm-hmm. the, it's very difficult to become a Japanese citizen and all, just like it is here. But like, I would say it's even more difficult there. And they've had steeper declines. I feel like immigration is the mm-hmm. only thing that hasn't, really really hurt our population Mm -hmm. decrease you know it's just like this new generation of people yeah who come in who come in and and we'll have you know so thank god for immigration (laughs) truly truly and they do think that limits and just overall reduction in immigration has contributed to the low birth rate so first let's go over this new data of course which i think is the thing that was depressing us has some serious consequences for electoral politics so as a result of these population shifts texas will gain two seats in the house of representatives so it's going to go up from having 38 to 40 the states that gained a seat are Colorado, Florida, Montana, North Carolina, and Oregon. And the states that lost a seat are California, Illinois, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. New York was 89 people away from keeping its seat. Uh, interestingly, this is despite the fact that New York's population did grow in that period. But states lose seats. States that lose seats aren't necessarily losing populations. They're just growing more slowly. Most of the state's populations are growing. Only three states had outright population declines. People are leaving and they're not replenishing. And those were West Virginia, Mississippi, and Illinois. Maybe do something about that, <laughs> Joe Manchin. Yeah, yeah I know. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but then Illinois threw me off because I'm like, oh, these are like, yeah, like it, not prosperous. Then Illinois is like, yeah, Chicago, I don't know. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't know what's well, happening. Comedians with Illinois. from Chicago moving to New York. <laughs> LA, yeah, moving to New York and LA. That's a good point, Elise. <laughs> Caleb Heron, you're on notice. <laughs> <sighs> Brian, you were going to say something that's not about comedians. <laughs> <laughs> No, just because, you know, like you, you, Amanda, you touched on this before about how the Trump administration was trying to add this question of citizenship to the census and it went all the way to the fucking Supreme Court. So like this was talked about. So I I, I remember talking to one of my immigrant friends who lives here, like, you know, 
And he was like, oh, I thought I couldn't do it because I'm an immigrant. Like, there's just so much yeah. like people don't even know. And I'm like, no, you have to because you are you have to fill it out like sort of thing. But um, well, everyone obviously should. But yeah, but that's an interesting alternative way to look at like because I've seen a lot of um, and I've just sort of teased that to like really 89 people didn't fill out the census. But like that could have been people who were legitimately because all of this had a chilling effect and they did yeah. not feel safe filling it out. And at least you made this joke in the newsletter and I feel the same way. I personally know 89 people who have left for LA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like, like I know 89 people. If I go on Instagram, I can find you 89 people who left New York. California lost a Right. That's the only reason I don't blame them is because yeah. California also lost a seat. Well, also, Calif- I love that the framing is counted. If 89 people were counted, then like, you know, mm-hmm. we wouldn't. But counted. it's just like, right, yeah, right, right, like, right. well, um, it's like this misinformation and things like start to and. I feel like there's, mis- you know, I was just thinking about misinformation and how there's obviously the right has so much misinformation, Fox News, all this stuff. But I'm starting to get disturbed by the min- misinformation on the on the left and in, mm-hmm. in like, uh, you know, progressive spaces, quote unquote, like this stupid, um, you know, little myth that Kamala Harris is reading her children's book in the migrant camps, or, like just crazy things that like from a mm-hmm. negative truth. And and because there's no no one trusts like one place to like debunk stuff, you mm-hmm. know, um, so there's that. And it's just like that is having effects. And also a lot of local New York state senators are blaming Cuomo because they're like, mm-hmm. you held on to the census budget for way too long you didn't give us money and now this is the effect and like you know they're pissed yeah and i i just keep thinking about also like there are so many ways to undermine something like the census and like normally in a census year like if you think back all the way to 2010 there are like ad campaigns that go out Mm -hmm. and there's like real pushes to try to get information to people about the census, all of which was not happening to scale under the Trump administration Mm -hmm. at all. Like they were doing some, but not enough. And, you know, when you look back to how they tried to undermine Obamacare, they did it by just like not really publishing the enrollment dates, not really like they were able to cut how many people know about Obamacare just by like not really doing the efforts to let people know the information that they need. So it's like, it's like what Millie was saying about misinformation, then it's also misinformation, or it's also information that was purposefully withheld from people. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. 
Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So this didn't hit me until this morning and I it sickened me. Like I felt physically ill when I realized this fact, which is that a state's number of house seats determines its vote in the electoral college. So those states, I now you're going back and listening to those states I listed. This is um, a little unnerving to me. New York and California each lost one while Texas gained two. Texas has an exciting political future, we hope. <laughs> um, Florida gained one. I mean, I think we're excited about Colorado. Obviously, we don't know. Anything. This depends so much. And I'm sure you guys thought this when you saw the states, too, that it's going to depend. So these are not super predictable states, except for like, you know, Oregon or some of some of the red ones. But, um, you know, it really depends where those districts land and how they're drawn, which will come down to mostly state houses, which in a lot of these places um, are held by bad faith Republicans, where they're held by Democrats. Democrats generally don't as much partake in political gerrymandering. I think that's accurate. So this could be this could be tricky. So this takes me to why there are only 435 people in the House anyway. Uh, the size of the House was capped at 435 with the Permanent Apportionment Act of 1929. I wish Caitlin was here today because she drops this like every other podcast. We'll talk to her about it tomorrow. <laughs> we'll be talking about like literally think everything. And she's like, well, you remember what happened in 1929. <laughs> like, it's like, Caitlin, no, you're the only no. person who knows, Caitlin. <laughs> right. So this was in 1929, but it was capped at just the level of the 1910 population. So even earlier, and we only had 92 million people then. We have 331 million people now. This really warps representation in every way you can imagine. Right now, each Congress person represents about 700,000 people, and that will soon grow to a million. This is not normal. In like Germany's house, for example, each member represents about 100,000 people, and the UK House of Commons, it's about 200,000, and the Japanese legislature, it's about 200,000. This is like, this is way too many people. And the house is supposed to be like responsive to its district's needs. So you can imagine like being one out of, you know, even when these started, I believe it was one for every 200,000, but the bigger it bloats, the harder it is to even access mm-hmm. your congressperson or have them be responsive to their needs. So the districts will get drawn later in the year. In late September, the Census Bureau is going to release even more information. And then some states repl- rely on independent commissions to determine these new maps. But mostly the state legislatures and governor play a huge role. Some of these states, those are held by different parties. But um, 
I feel like we're going to be hearing, this is going to be an intense process that we're going to be talking a lot about. Every time I learn how things work, I'm you are wincing so, so hard. Upset by yeah. it. <laughs> like every time I learn a new thing, that's like, well, you know, the reason for this is actually this arcane law for no, like it's just, mm-hmm. and we can't pass any laws because of the filibuster, and it's just, yeah, we can't pass anything. We're hostage. Yeah, we're. It really does feel like being pushed up against a wall. Yeah. Yeah. The only uh, solutions and then the solutions are give like the other side really good fodder. The solutions are what? Like, okay, make DC a state. And then I think that would get us like three electoral votes or something. But that looks, I mean, you can just see how they would reframe that and Republicans would probably seize power somehow and claim something similar. But well, that's, yeah. And that's another thing mm-hmm. that goes up against the filibuster. Uh, <laughs> exactly. The So it's like, there we are again. It's just like a, a fucking cycle, but it's like, it's like, so I mean, I, I, I do, I don't, um, sorry. Were they going to like expand the amount of people in Congress? Like, do we need more assholes? I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Or there are probably ways you can make it more even like one for every 700,000. That doesn't mean like some states do have only 700,000 people. Um, but they only get one representative. And like an example is I think Montana and Rhode Island have like roughly identical populations, but um, Rhode Island has slightly more and they end up getting one congressperson. So it's hard. I mean, there's no like great solution. There's always going to be something that seems nonsensical, but surely there are some gaps that can be that can be filled here. But yeah, I don't know. I can't. You're right. Like, what do we do? Do we literally I was reading that one of the main hurdles is that like the federal government doesn't want to build a bigger building. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like, we need more Congress people. But I'm like, OK, what, like 800? So it's like, yeah, yeah. So where the hell are they going to be? Where the hell are they going to meet? Yeah. How would we follow that many Congress people? Like, imagine having like 12 Matt Gateses. That's what yeah, I'm saying. There'd be like, we like, work. Yeah. yeah. I heard a lot of people are leaving their WeWorks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we're all working from home right now. It's, it seems yeah, to be working. Right? Yeah. No, uh, 12, you know, lessens the blow of each one. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the Midwest comes in. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday, Thursday, we do the coasts. Yeah, I was also thinking of like, what if it's like how the electric grid is, where it's like there's three, one on each coast. And then, and Texas. then Texas. And then Texas can do whatever the hell they want. They would love that. They that sounds like a that. perfect solution. Genius. Hmm. Before we move on to this topic, I did want to return to the immigration uh, question because there is this public perception that drives a lot of ire about immigration from the right that like immigration is huge and people are swarming. Um, A demographer told the New York Times that over the past decade, there were more unauthorized Mexican in particular immigrants leaving the United States than arriving. There has been very strict border enforcement there and Mexico's economy has improved while its birth rate has decreased which I think is sort of a somewhat encouraging sign that addressing some of those push factors, which the administration seems to be doing in Mexico and the Northern Triangle have been helpful. But California, as we mentioned, lost a representative. And this is in part because fewer immigrants have moved there. They added about half as many immigrants this round than in the 2000s. So it's just an addition. Like, I feel like at every angle of this, it just shows, as Millie were saying, immigration is positive and helps us. Yeah. Well, also too, like, California is expensive and even like 
for immigrants to start out at, it's not a great place. Like people, you'd want to start out probably in a cheaper place. And, um, you know, California is increasingly not cheap. So well, why yeah. would people move that, you know, um, and also too, like, even if you want to be like that pathway to be legal, like I knew a lot of people who, you know, went to Florida, like went to Miami, like immigrated there, but then they weren't getting like any headway, like with like offices or appointments and stuff. And they would just like hmm. move to Kansas for a few years. Cause they're like, there's not much competition there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, yeah, you yeah. can get a really easy appointment at the immigration office in Kansas. It's you mm. and the Minnery family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what most of these trends are showing is that people are moving from more expensive places to like people are moving from California. They're just like, why would I live here when I can just live in Nevada and parts of it look the same. So these results highlight the importance of getting huge things done while we control the White House, House mm -hmm. and Senate, because some of these numbers seem like they could possibly imperil that. I don't know. I feel like 20, 2022 looks good for Democrats. I don't want it in the in the Senate, but we do have a slim ass margin in the House that makes yeah. me nervous. Like, I just don't I don't want to do this defeatist thing where we like write off all of these seats that are in potentially red districts like mm -hmm. we should fight for these. We flipped Georgia. Yeah, we yeah. flipped Georgia. We should. These are new seats. We should fight for these seats. Like, we shouldn't just let anybody. We shouldn't just seed the game before it even begins. You have yeah. to fight yeah. for the rights of the party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You have to fight hey. the right party. That's the title. Thank God I have a title today. My my. I got my <laughs> second COVID dose in my brain. It's like it's got nothing. It's got nothing. Oh man! So exciting. Mine is tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I'm actually, it's really actually not that bad. It's not that bad. Um, so like you said, we have to fight for these seats, but it's also, we can't just be like, oh, great. Like New York, Oregon, we got one. Oregon has some weird ass pockets. We have to fight to keep mm -hmm. the representation, that, yeah. representation that we have to. So I think that's such a good point. Like, don't just take everything at face value and think that it means a certain thing. If anything, this past election showed us this is not correct and anything can happen. Also, sorry. I just have an, just one glaring thought. I'm like, 89 people they couldn't give us a grace period right? they couldn't like give us like like round up like dog are you kidding me like we could have taken us people it couldn't have taken us 10 minutes to walk outside of our apartment and round up 89 people to sign yeah. oh my god an instant just shout and you know who got know. it do you know what do you want to guess what state so the way they do it is it's like it's not they don't just like pick and choose from state to state like you get one from this guy they they reapportion everything and that's why it sounds like things only slightly change but basically like new york was on a waiting list to like get the last representative but minnesota beat us by 89 votes minnesota are you fucking kidding me yeah um, <laughs> i have 89 but you know what, minnesota, defund your police <laughs> i'm like i have 89 x's in this city one of them probably did something right I'm sorry. No, Minnesota. Yeah, fucking crazy. You better use that representative for good Minnesota, please. We know yeah. you will. We trust you. Yeah, they actually, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes they do the right thing. <laughs> They're doing the right thing. And, and yeah. it's really interesting. Like, um, I'm sure y'all talked about this, but like how the federal government is monitoring that Minneapolis Police Department. Yeah. Yeah, and they added Louisville as well today. They said that they're going to look yeah. into Louisville, Kentucky because of the Breonna Taylor do you think they were waiting for a Chauvin verdict before announcing those? Like, do, do you think yes, they felt that announcing that would 
influence yeah, because the jury. they announced the Minneapolis one like right after the Chauvin verdict. So uh, the the documents were ready, I think, before that. They were just yeah. like, what yeah. a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just happened to be uh, making this announcement today. So, yeah. yeah, I think that was definitely timed to Chauvin. Just and yeah, me. I was well, just going to say, maybe it's to not influence what was going on in like an active trial. That's true. But also, it's also, I think it was also just like, okay, well, if he was found not guilty, well, it's going to be taken over by the government. Anyway. Yeah, right, so right, right. Don't burn right, it. Right, right. Down. They were like, maybe this will get people off the streets. They had a plan. Yeah. Well, there is that, what is it? The one Brooklyn Center Police Department that had the thin blue line. Like oh my flag God. outside of it, like after Do- they killed Dante Wright, and yeah. I was like, "Listen, if I was, if I worked in that building, I would just start packing up my stuff like quietly because <laughs> I know it's gonna be on fire." And <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody's fault yes. theirs. <laughs> so these results, like I said, we're gonna be optimistic, but we also have to remember we won the last election. Democrats control the White House, House, and Senate. So what are we doing about it? We want to do big things. And Joe Biden right now, he wants to give the IRS $80 billion to help him find more money to pay for the American Families Plan. This seems, I guess this is good, but it's like you're going to pay $80 billion to find, I hope, a lot more than that. And I guess that's the idea. But he wants to give them these resources, the IRS, to crack down on tax evasion by the highest earners, large corporations, the people that can hire really smart people to help them legally quasi-legally, basically avoid paying taxes whatsoever. Yeah, you shouldn't have to run for president for your taxes to get looked into, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And we still don't got that man's taxes. No. I know. Wouldn't it be amazing if some of this money, like, directly, like, contributes directly to getting more money out of Donald Trump, if he even has it? I mean. He owes Deutsche, like, yeah, 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 that's true. They're ahead of us in line. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So this is not only just to, like, overall level the playing field with regard to taxes, because people don't love to pay taxes when they feel like the system is is broken. It contributes to people not feeling Mm -hmm. as confident and part of buying into the system. But the explicit purpose is to raise more money to support the American Families Plan. This is expected to cost at least $1.5 trillion. Okay, which bill is this? Because we keep talking about multi-trillion dollars. This is the one that basically refers more broadly to care infrastructure and the care economy. It would include universal, these are huge things. It would include universal pre-K, a federal paid leave program, which we talked about before we really need, efforts overall to make childcare more affordable and free community college for all and tax credits that are meant to fight poverty in addition to some of the ones that we are already expecting to be implemented in the next year. So this would be ideally paid for by recovering some of the money that has never been paid or ensuring that it is revenue that we can expect and also just raising taxes overall, raising taxes on capital gains, all of frankly sort of the progressive progressive wish list things with regard to taxation that we've kind of been talking about for a long time. So we'll hear a lot more about this tomorrow during, um, I've been calling it the state of the union light. It's just a joint, an address to the joint session of Congress, not quite called the state of the union, um, but it's marking 100 days into the Biden presidency. So we'll hear a lot more about that tomorrow. But exciting that more tax rich people will pay higher taxes. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a smart move. I mean, the, the uh, American Families Plan, like that's a great name. Exactly. Like, <laughs> also, like, just like, how can you like, like, how can you argue with, you know, giving more to children? And like, 
free and, and even like free community college makes sense because I just don't understand these people's conceptions of like, oh yeah, of course K through 12 should be public school and free. Oh, but as soon as that's over, it's unimaginable to have a public option. It's like, no, obviously we have the capabilities. We've been doing it for a very, very long time. Like yeah. just add two more years to it in your mind. And, you know, just like community college tuition, some of it's like what, like 5K, 2K, like these are not like huge numbers, which is, but it's huge to somebody who's like working Mm -hmm. minimum wage and stuff like that. So it's just like, totally, yeah, why not, you know, make it affordable for people and then not give them that extra headache or like filling out FAFSA or yeah, like you lose, you know, I mean, I have a lot of friends who took them like five or six years to get a two years degree because they're working and they're not getting great grades and then they lose their scholarships and they lose their financial aid because it fell below a 2.0. And then they're, Mm -hmm. it's just like playing catch up and you know, it's just like, just make it free. And then everyone can just go to school and go to work and like figure out. And then, yeah. And then you only have to be in debt for two years from two years of college as opposed to four. (laughs) (laughs) And, and if you still want to pay a gazillion dollars to go to fancy town, you can. No one's one's saying that you can't pay a stupid, stupid amount of money to send your kid to a castle if that's what you want to do. A fucking (laughs) castle. A sexual assault castle. (laughs) (laughs) It's still there for you. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, watch Community. It looks way better than what we've been watching about what happens at the Ivory Tower. Looks way more fun. But like you said, Brian, it's like we as a society like acknowledge the idea of of through 12th grade because we know that we've previously known that it requires at least a high school education to get a lot of jobs that make you have a comfortable living. But now we know that that's not the case in every place and it does require additional education. So it just stands to reason that that would be something the government would buy into. It just feels, it feels like the theme of everything is that we are beholden to all of these rules that were made in a time that it does not, it, it like we society has advanced, has advanced so much in the past mm-hmm. hundred years mm-hmm. or a decade or whatever, like mm-hmm. that. I, it just feels like everything is so out of date and it is so difficult to change our system. And that's just how I feel about everything. Like we should be able to say, Oh yeah college really is what's required now. So we've got to change this. We should be able to say, no, there has to be more representatives because this, the country is larger, but we can't, our system is so hard to change. It's really frustrating. And by design, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, well, it's crazy because like, um, it, you know, what is it? The Prince, the French president was just like, uh, I didn't know. It's like systems are hard to change, but like how drastically like Trump changed America from Trump to Obama and then like Biden's kind of reverting back. So it's it's like in a, in a lot of ways, like big instrumental things are hard to change. But then mm-hmm. like other things are like really rapidly can change by president to president. So it's just like it feels so disorienting. I, think, I feel like it's because like, we change the policy without changing like how we actually all see it or imagine it. Or we don't actually convince all of us that that's how it's supposed to be. So that's why we just swing back, back and forth. Every policy win that either party gets, like it feels really temporary. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
One well, other reason, I, Brian? Um, well, I was just thinking, like, what, what Lisa was saying is about, like, the whole mentality of things, too. It's, like, even these, for, like, the whole uh, uh, talk about giving, like, the AstraZeneca vaccine to other countries and even just making the vaccine free in this country, it's, like, so when a lot of people can die from something, then it should be free. But like when just like a certain amount yes. of people will die from something, that healthcare shouldn't be free. It doesn't yeah. like, so I'm like, wait, where is the justification in your mind now that you, so you, so like, why aren't you for universal healthcare if you are for giving the vaccine for free? Like why, what is the difference between cancer treatment and getting the shot? Right. Like, and it's not even just like that. It's not free. It's unbelievably life alteringly expensive it will like it's it's between being free or ruining you financially forever like Mm -hmm. it's crazy and going into debt and like choosing which finger to like crazy shit (laughs) right exactly exactly so for our final topic today um California state election officials said Monday that organizers of the recall effort against California Governor Gavin Newsom collected enough valid signatures to qualify for the ballot They needed one and a half million signatures because they needed 12%, not of the state's population, but of voters in the last election, which is just another thing like the census. It's like just it goes so far beyond just like checking the box and voting in the moment like it affects things for for years and years and years. And so had turnout been a little better in California, they would have had to work even harder. They've actually tried to do this six times since Newsom was elected in 2018. Now they have been successful, partly because he's had a pretty inconsistent uh, coronavirus response. He went to the French Laundry, which I think really sort of helped out this recall effort ultimately. And Caitlyn Jenner has thrown her name into the race. The 71-year-old Republican said that she has filed paperwork to run for the office. I can't, um, what do you guys think? How much overlap do you think there is between the people who were motivated enough to unseat Gavin Newsom and the people that would vote for Caitlyn Jenner. Well, yeah, because it's complicated. You know, it's kind of like a de Blasio or Cuomo where it's like people from both sides hate Mm. them, but um, like progressives hate Newsom and Republicans hate Newsom because you know what I mean? So I don't know. I guess I'm asking are Republicans in California too transphobic to vote for Caitlyn Jenner? Mm, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, I really, truly don't think that. I think Caitlyn Jenner. She's also a terrible candidate. A van- yeah, this is kind I of a vanity yeah. thing. I think that I think a Republican could win. I think that Gavin Newsom could very much lose his seat and a Republican could win the seat. I don't think it's going to be Caitlyn Jenner. I um, don't think that I think that her not becoming governor would have nothing to do with her being a trans woman. I think that I think if one state, if anything, could that would be ready for a, a trans person as a governor would maybe California. But I think it Caitlyn Jenner's issues are have nothing to do with that, you know, and, but the, the, like, the problem, the, but the problem with Caitlyn Jenner obviously is, is that she wants to represent a party that like attacks trans people and weaponize it and they're and they're and like she is a weapon for them to be like look we aren't transphobic because we have caitlin jenner and it's like mm-hmm. caitlin jenner does not represent the majority the vast vast majority of trans people's experiences like we she had and she could never she could never understand it you know like because of the, just the amount of wealth that she has and she 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 shows that by 
by aligning with these people who are attacking her quote unquote sisters, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like what we, Republicans are like, we love trans people. We just don't want them to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or play sports for, as a child as or yeah. get health, child. health care or, that they need. And I mean, some of the laws are like, gender representation like if you don't represent the gender they're like the genital all of that is just so crazy but it's like it's so yeah it's like possibly if she was a democrat you know there's a strong possibility that she could pop i mean not that caitlin jenner could win but like um democrats are more likely to vote for a trans candidate but it's just, especially like now at this moment, Republicans are trying to use trans people as like the next, you know, before it was like the war on drugs or welfare queen. And then it was like gay marriage. And now it's like trans kids in bathrooms. It's like, yeah, like this is their next like culture war that they've decided to focus on to help um, poor Republicans not focus on the shitty economic things that they're trying to push through. So it's so funny that like now is the moment that Caitlyn Jenner is like, yeah, I'm Republican and I'm going to, it's just like so ridiculous. Yeah. I think that, and I mean, I obviously can't speak for trans people, but I think that if there's anything, if there's any progress that Caitlyn Jenner's candidacy represents, it's that um, Republican uh, white ladies have been launching weird bids for various. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Various uh, seats in our government for a long time that are safe. Yeah, she's an out of touch old white lady. Like, yeah, that's how we'll treat her. <laughs> she could do well in Orange County, maybe. But yeah, like cis white ladies have been doing this for yeah. a long time. And so if a trans white lady wants to be a weird out of touch Republican, then I guess God bless that. But I don't really want her to be the governor of California. <laughs> and she's she's one of those people that talks about like I'm fiscally conservative but socially liberal. It's like those two things are mutually exclusive. Yeah. anymore. I he, feel like uh, Trump really ruined that. I, honestly, he did. And yeah. as you mentioned, Millie, it's not this wouldn't be permissible or okay. But it's not like right now the trans hatred is like a tangential part of the Republican party, along with suppressing the vote, it's their main thing right now. It is mm-hmm. the thing that they are using to try to unify them. Mm-hmm. So she's not going to be, she's not going to be able to uh, ignore that. Yeah. I think that's just how we look at this. She's just an out of touch, older white woman, Republican. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And she's running for office and she's probably she's not running going. for an office. She's not qualified for. Yeah. So also I hate the way she cheated Chris Jenner. That's that true. I don't know anything about the, what, like their divorce or what yeah. they were together. And then she talks shit about her in her memoir. Yeah, she was never a likable character from entertainment. That's the thing. Like, this is how Arnold Schwarzenegger won. Uh, he also won in a recall election. And at the time, I think he was, like, kind of. He is Republican. I have no idea. That was He's in, like, Republican. 2000. He is a Republican, yeah. But I think he was more certainly more adored and palatable by more people than than her. Yeah, and he was, like, married to a Kennedy. This was yeah. before it came out that he had had... A and child with their and, <laughs> with the nanny. literally with the nanny, like had a baby and everything. And like, and, and can you kid- believe now he just has cute mini horses on Instagram? He's and, horses. Cute mini Chris, horses. and Chris Pratt is his son-in-law. Chris Pratt's oh son-in-law and the and the and the housekeeper baby ex- looks exactly like him. Body builder and everything. He does. He does. Everybody ended up. Everybody's doing fine. Everyone's yeah, doing yeah, fine. Everyone's 
behind from yeah. that scenario. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. It ended pretty positive well, for everybody. Well, I feel like uh, there was like a huge drought when he was governor and they like lost a lot of money. And oh, I was it did not end yeah. well. No, no, not, not the citizens of California. This is when those all of those people left California was that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was his house seat. It was absolutely his fault. That's our show for today. Until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.